This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Major Garrett, yes, CBS, yes, hi. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett from the nation's capital. Major Fantastic. It's The Takeout. Major. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major, that's nonsense. Major Garrett. And you should know better. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm Major Garrett, host and creator of this amazing program known as The Takeout, where, dear listeners and viewers on CBSN, you know each and every week we are two things principally. What are those two things? Relentlessly curious, steadfastly non-ideological. You know, I told you last week, dear audience, that you do the hardest work. You're the hardest working audience in show business. You know why? Because you have to ride along this somewhat bumpy, non-ideological journey. You've got to listen to people that you might disagree with, might vehemently disagree with, and also agree with very strongly. You've got to ride those waves. That's hard work, and I appreciate you doing it very, very much. I want to introduce our guest this week, Representative Max Rose, freshman congressman, Staten Island, South Brooklyn, New York. Max, good morning. That was some badass entrance music, man. Isn't that good? Oh, yeah. Isn't that not wow. bad? Yeah. You know, maybe we maybe we can get some entrance coffee. Yeah, get get some walk up music for you someday. You know, (laughs) it's good to have you with us. Let me tell you a little bit about Max Rose. Like I said, he's a freshman, first first general. He's in Congress for his first term. We'll get to that and its dimensions in a minute. But just a little bit of background: fourth generation New Yorker. If I read his biography correctly, his paternal grandfather. Jewish as he is, left Odessa, then part of Russia, now part of Ukraine. Ukraine, we'll get back to that in a minute, too. Left for America when he was 14 years old. He's got a bachelor's degree from Wesleyan University, where he worked as an intern for then-mayor, now U.S. Senator Cory Booker. Master's degree in philosophy and public policy, London School of Economics. Enlisted U.S. Army, 2010. Five years in the 1st Armored Division as a first lieutenant platoon leader at age 26, Wounded in an IED attack in Kandahar province. Among his commendations, Ranger School, Ranger Tab, Bronze Star, Purple Heart. Now a company commander in the New York Army National Guard 69th Regiment, which I am told is the second oldest unit in the U.S. Army. Is that a fair summary, Max? A couple things. Okay. Yeah, they, they, great-grandfather um, and uh, no longer a company commander. Couldn't, couldn't continue as a company commander once I became a United States congressman. Got it. Okay. But... Uh, Best job ever, being a, being a company commander. Mm-hmm. A, a huge, huge, huge honor. Tell us a little bit about your service in Afghanistan and the injury. Uh, you know, first thing I would say about my time in Afghanistan was just how incredibly normal it was. And beyond normal, just not even noteworthy. You know, I deployed once for about 10 months. I, I have friends and I led soldiers in combat who had at that time in 2012, 2013, deployed four times. At this time, it's six. 
And we don't often take a pause and think about what we have asked of these post 9-11 warriors. And we have never asked this of soldiers in the history of the United States to deploy over and over and over again. If you think about this, right, if you're a platoon sergeant right now or a first sergeant, you've deployed six times and you've got a 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid, you've spent more time at war than you have with your child in Afghanistan, Iraq, and God knows where else. And then it's also fascinating, I think about the soldiers who I served with. And these guys came from everywhere. Black, white, Jewish, Christian, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, fourth, fifth generation, first generation. And this notion that there's a homogenous military culture, not true. Not true, even in the slightest. These guys couldn't agree on a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they couldn't agree on coffee, red Gatorade, music. blue Gatorade, country music, hip-hop music, who, who they thought was good-looking, who wasn't good. They couldn't agree on a thing. But all that got put to the side once it came time for the mission. Veterans Day just passed, mm-hmm. and we often thank soldiers right. for their service. Mm-hmm. We point them to Applebee's for a free dinner. By the way, Major, no free appetizers, which is <laughs> Applebee's, but we'll get back to that another okay. day. But, uh, Good morning, FCC. <laughs> the, but the deeper point is not just thanking these folks, but wondering or questioning how can we be more like them, teachers, firefighters, cops, all of them. How can we be like them? How can we live up to that standard? And I don't see that standard being met in this town. In what way do you well, not see it? In, in the sense of feeling the fierce sense of urgency mm-hmm. to make progress and to meet the expectations of the American people. But you asked about the uh, IED incident, which right. is not, you know, again, not something that I want to glorify, but something fascinating happened to me after I hit that IED. And that was a a two-star general comes up to me, uh, you know, in Kandahar, and he tells me five years ago I would have died. And he was right. The only reason why I lived is because my vehicle had what was called a double V-hole, pushed the explosion away from its core. The only reason I had that is because after years of sending soldiers to war without the equipment that they needed, finally Congress got their act together in a bipartisan manner, in a quiet manner, They allocated the necessary amount of money and quickly developed a double V-hole. So the only reason why I'm alive, sitting right next to you early this morning, talking about my first year in Congress, is because Congress got something done. So it's something I take extremely seriously because it's not just me who's alive. It's people I was entrusted with leading and people I love who are also alive. That's the voice of Max Rose. He mentioned it's very early in the morning. He's actually very correct about that. It's not even 7 a.m. here, and it's a Tuesday morning. And I want everyone to understand, because we're full of transparency on the show, so we're going to talk a great deal about impeachment. This is Tuesday morning before three days of hearings here in Washington. So we're not going to know, and this show is not going to be able to speak in detail at all to what is going to be testified to in public and whatever happens in the back and forth between Republican members, Democratic members of the House Intelligence Committee conducting the public phase of this impeachment inquiry. But we're going to talk about it nevertheless. So just understand, because this show you'll be airing next week, we're not playing catch-up. We're just trying to do do as much as we can because this show lives in a tight schedule universe. Max has things to do. Trust me, in a week like this, I've got lots of things to do. So we're doing this as best we can. So I just want to get your general sense. You were one of the last House Democrats 
to vote or to uh, to say you were in favor of the impeachment inquiry. And you've gotten some heat back in your district from a super PAC that's trying to make that a political liability for you. Explain to my audience your evolution on that. Sure. So, uh, and for, first of all, I would also love to go into that super PAC and where its money is potentially coming from, which I think is also noteworthy. But uh, in the, immediately when this Ukraine scandal hit, uh, right out the door, I said that this is uh, alarming, a potential national security issue, something we have to get to the bottom of, and all options are on the table. And information continued to come out, and there was a sense, a slight chance, that this administration would cooperate in that, in that effort. And I thought that it would be uh, important to give them a chance at doing that. Over the course of several days thereafter, it became clear that this administration was going to practice pure and unadulterated obstruction and deflection and lying in the process. And it, it was at that point that I did make the decision um, to support this impeachment inquiry because there are some very important questions that we have to get to the bottom of. And they're questions, because this is a trust-building exercise and a fact-finding effort. Principal question for me is why did the president, when he had the opportunity to discuss anything with the Ukrainian leadership, why did he discuss the Biden family? And if this was related to his election, what this is tantamount of, if this is all true, that they used uh, military funding as a leverage point, It's tantamount to the President of the United States asking the Soviet Premier to lead the Watergate break-in efforts. And let's also not forget, the Biden family is not a normal family. This is the most powerful, Joe Biden is amongst the most powerful people in America. And this is a president potentially targeting one of the most powerful people in the country. Think about what he could do to you or I or anyone else. So that sounds to you like obstruction and abuse of power. No, this is principally, to me, principally an anti-corruption issue. That's the voice of Max Rose. He is our special guest. We're at the Dubliner. Like I said, it's very early in the morning. There's not even any waitstaff hovering yet, but we'll get there. We'll get to breakfast. I'm Major Garrett. Segment two of the takeout in just a second. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game, with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. See for smart energy. Stay focused. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. We're at the Dubliner, and many, many thanks to the Dubliner. This is one of the places we do the show a lot because it's very, very close to Capitol Hill. Uh, because we had to do this so early this Tuesday morning, they opened up the restaurant like half an hour earlier. That's why there's nobody here. That's why there's no sound, because literally the place is barely open. And we appreciate that. And we'll order our breakfast here in a second. Max Rose is our special guest. 
from Staten Island, South Bronx, uh, 11th District of New York, freshman South, Congress. South Brooklyn. South Brooklyn. I can't disrespect my, my Brooklyn Bro- constituents. Say I'm from the Bronx. That's, right. Uh, South Brooklyn. Forgive me. Folks who kill me. That's what happens. You go to San Diego and doesn't me. know anything about New that's York. That's unbelievable. Exactly. It's 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 just a dreadful thing. So I want to read to some read you something, Max, uh, Congressman, that you wrote in the Staten Island Advance, September 12, 2019. But pursuing a partisan impeachment process won't address any of those serious issues which you list previously. The truth is impeachment will only tear our country further apart, and we will see no progress on the enormous challenges we face as a nation. And yet here we are, and And, you voted for it. And yet here we are, and you voted for it. It is important to note Mm -hmm. how serious impeachment is, an impeachment inquiry is. When you think about it, this is the second most serious process decision I could be undertaking as a member of Congress, second only to declaring war and sending soldiers to combat. And I hope that my constituents, I hope that the American people understand that that is how seriously we take this. But on the same hand, what we also have to take seriously is the Constitution. We also have to take seriously the notion that nobody is above the law. I've now sworn an oath to the Constitution twice in my life. I didn't swear an oath to politics. I did not swear an oath to my next election. And we are, I'm going to show integrity in my time as an elected official, whether that time is two years or 20 years. We have got to make sure that the rule of law is upheld in this country. When you hear Republicans say, as they frequently do, there is no crime and there's no victim, the aid was put forward, ultimately, And no investigations by the Ukrainians were launched. No crime, no victim, therefore no impeachment. You say what? Well, so a few things here. One is, is the, it depends on the week, what the Republicans say. At one point they were saying no quid pro quo. Um, Then they move on to the whistleblower has to show himself or herself. Now it's no crime. Read the transcript. They, we need public hearings. I mean, it's, um, it's unbelievable how quickly the news moves, but as we continue, as this process continues to evolve, what they say to defend themselves continues to change. And that in and of itself tells you everything you need to know about how sturdy their case is. But the other point is... well, Meaning it's not sturdy. No. And the other point, though, here is that if there's no issue here, if there's no smoke and no fire, then why obstruct? Why not answer subpoenas? Why not divulge information? Um, Believe you me, nothing would make me happier than to find out that the President of the United States is not guilty of an impeachable offense. But in addition, nothing would make me happier than to find out that the Republican Party, to include the Republican leadership, are not mindless sycophants, fully owned subsidiaries of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So you mentioned South Brooklyn. I want to show some respect for that. Reading from uh, the Almanac of American Politics, a little bit about your district. Staten Island as part of it, but also sort of Brooklyn. These include heavily Catholic and Italian Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, and a part of Bensonhurst. Middle-class enclaves with large single-family brownstones that are nowhere near a subway stop and largely impervious to the gentrification spreading across Brooklyn. John Travolta danced to fame in the film Saturday Night Fever on the streets of Bensonhurst and Bay Ridge. Your district is also uh, a Trump district. Uh, He won it in 2018. 
2016 rather, 133,000 votes over Hillary Clinton's 108,000. The reason I point those numbers out is Barack Obama in 2012 got 110,000 votes winning that district. So sure. Donald Trump not only won, but he found a lot of votes voters that had not participated before. What is your district telling you about your attitude on the impeachment inquiry? So first of all, my district is not a Donald Trump district, just like my district is not a Max Rose district. Remember, I won an election more recently than Donald Trump did in my district. But what it is, is it's a patriotic district. It's a district that wants to see us get something done. And it is a deeply nostalgic district, nostalgic for the times of the Interstate Highway Act and the Apollo Project. My district has the highest rate of unionization of any district in America. We're talking about cops and firemen and teachers and nurses and first responders, uh, veterans, sanitation workers, people who each and every day They show up to work and they cannot afford to bicker. They cannot afford to put the interests of something else ahead of the interests of the community. And they would like to see those values emulated in Washington, D.C. I don't think that that's too much to ask for. So you're right. These folks vote for the person, not the party. And God bless them for that. I don't ever want to... Uh, you know, represent a district where it is a guaranteed vote for one party or the other, but they do want to see us answer their call to no longer be ignored or ripped off. Also from the Almanac of American Politics, culturally, Staten Islanders are more conservative than people from other boroughs, particularly those from Manhattan, which is an 18-minute ferry ride away. The, the Almanac that's of American a pretty, that's Politics. That's a pretty low bar. Yeah. <laughs> but, but says sure. Staten Island is part of New York City, yet is a land apart, closer geographically and culturally to New Jersey than the city's other boroughs. All that true? It's true. I can swim to New Jersey, but not to Manhattan. Yes, the Almanac <laughs> remains truthful. <laughs> and that speaks- that's where our deer come from, too, by the way. They swim from, <laughs> they swim from Jersey. So in your district, if uh, people are listening to one media or another, they might hear this. Arden, this is soundbite number three. This is an American Action Network. That's a super PAC ad against our guest, Max Rose. Max Rose promised to be different. He told us the truth is impeachment will only tear our country further apart. But instead of securing the border and fixing health care, he voted to launch the partisan impeachment investigation. And now it's crystal clear. This is about preventing a potentially disastrous outcome from occurring next year. Their partisan impeachment is a politically motivated charade. Tell Congressman Rose, let the voters decide elections, vote no on impeachment, and get to work on issues that matter. So, Max, hold that thought, because I know you want to jump in on this, but Colleen is here, our waitress. Uh, Colleen, we're so happy you're you? here. Great, how are you? Uh, thank good. you. Colleen, uh, I was about to go all in on this Saudi-funded super PAC, but I'll first order my, <laughs> I'll first order my breakfast. What do you want, Max? <laughs> I got to go with the full country. Let's do it. Full country breakfast over easy eggs and soda bread. Okay with that? That, that sounds great. I will have the French toast with a side of bacon, please. Would you like powdered sugar and whipped cream on that? Please. All right. Uh, no whipped cream, just powdered sugar. All right. Okay, great. So jump in. What's, that's, what it is, tell my audience uh, in your district and right. elsewhere across the country well, what we, American we, we Action Network. We don't think about this. What this is is a super PAC run by a hack, corrupt lobbyist who is a former U- U.S. senator who has principally represented Saudi Arabia. Named? Uh, his name is evading me right now. Okay. We, have to, we we we, we got to get his, his name. His name is evading me though right now. But he he is the, nearby. They'll figure uh, it out. The, he is the principal uh, lobbyist for Saudi Arabia, um, and it, it is for all intents and purposes a Saudi-funded effort. 
And, you know, I'm not worried about anyone in the district knowing that I am doing my best to show integrity. I am doing my best not to listen to polls or listen to the winds of popular opinion. But what I am doing is trying to uphold the Constitution and be truthful and honest. You know, at the same time, though, we cannot forget that we are producing results for the district. The Victims' Compensation Fund, a truly innovative effort to be there for 9-11 first responders who were there for us on 9-11. I've got more recipients of the Victims' Compensation Fund, a bill that has been signed by the President of the United States, than any other district in America. We're building a seawall on the east shore of Staten Island, passing sanctions on Chinese pharmaceutical companies who are pushing fentanyl. Into, onto Staten Island and throughout the country killing our kids. Uh, to, uh, split tolling on the Verrazano Bridge to take thousands of trucks off the road, reducing air pollution and congestion. We are bringing results home to the district, things that have not been able to be done in years. So I, I'm very proud of that, and I'll take any super PAC that wants to take me on any day of the week because last time we won by about seven points this time we're going to win even more and they'll learn never to come at us ever again it's a gigantic waste of money that's the voice of max rose our special guest here at the takeout we're at the dubliner breakfast is ordered it's on its way stays tuned for segment three in just a second from cbs news this is the takeout with major garrett Welcome back. We're at the Dubliner. Max Rose is our special guest, freshman congressman, 11th District of New York. You made a reference uh, to a super PAC before we went to break, and you were struggling to yes, remember. Yes, Norm, Norm Coleman. But your able and energetic yes, now, staff now rushed we, to the now table we have, now we during have, the break. We have come to, and it, it's fascinating, though, when you look at Norm Coleman, because we can't allow a guy like this to exist in the shadows. Um Former member of the United yeah, States Senate former from Minnesota. Former member of the United States Senate and now a lobbyist for a foreign country. Uh, being paid millions upon millions of dollars not to represent the interests of the United States, but to represent the interests of a foreign power. Uh, and this is the guy who was also the chairman of the board for this super PAC that is engaging in hyper-partisan efforts Funded by foreign money. You're not alleging anything illegal is going on here, are you? Well, look, I don't know. I don't. And what's fascinating here is that this super PAC could be getting money from nonprofits, and God knows where that money is coming from. Part of the problem here is that what they are engaging in, while highly immoral and unethical, could also be legal because of the massive, massive loopholes in our system that should be criminal by the way, should be. Um, but I do believe that they cer certainly should be looked into um, and no one, no one should be accepting support from any entity that gets support directly or implicitly from a foreign country. So uh, in my audience, you might be reasonably asking, you know, wh why spend any time with a, a freshman Democrat? I mean, isn't the way of Washington that freshmen come here to listen and are told what to do by their leadership well, that's historically been true, but on this question, meaning impeachment, uh, I think it's fair to say things are a bit inverted, which is to say for many, many months, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, resisted efforts within her Democratic caucus to push impeachment and was most concerned about how members of her caucus, like Max Rose, 
the frontliners, they are called, because they won in districts, whether you considered your district a Trump district or not, it is on a back of envelope written that way. That's How, just because that, of idiot pundits here. Yeah, because the silly media does that. Um, but Pelosi was concerned about the ramifications of this decision, not just for you, but other freshman colleagues who won in, let us say, competitive districts. And so your evolution is, in fact, more driving to this inquiry than it would be under normal historical standards. And also, it's worth pointing out, and I want my audience to know this, how did you vote on Speaker Pelosi to be Speaker of the House of Representatives? Right. So uh, it's, it's clear, well reported that I did not vote for uh, Speaker Pelosi. So you voted no. Um, I voted no. Okay. Yes. Now, a- as we look at what has happened over the course of the past year as it pertains to investigations, one thing I would also like to note um, as a critique of my c- fellow colleagues is that we did not always treat this effort as a trust-building effort. Uh, we did stupid things like bringing buckets of chicken to a hearing. We did— A Democrat did uh, that. Yep. Uh, that is the we here, yes. uh, not the collective we. Um, talking about impeaching the mofo— before we were even sworn in, uh, people do not want us to be singularly focused on something like that and obviously focused on it before even uh, we are sworn in. On the same hand, what they also clearly do not want us to do is not hold elected officials and presidents accountable just because of their party affiliation. And what I'm seeing right now, it is clear as day, is members of the Republican Party who would not hold this president accountable no matter what he did, no matter what, just because he is a Republican with a strong base of support in their districts. That is totally wrong. Totally. I want to read to you something that was you did your uh, research, mate. I'm very impressed. You, uh, I'm very, very impressed. <laughs> this is tremendous. Great staff. About this. Oh, uh, nice job. That's a good job. Uh, you, you weren't up, night, up uh, at uh, night? I'm uh, always up at night. Quotes. I'm always up at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that's a digression we will uh, not discuss on open mics. At any rate. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, this was attributed to you uh, about your no vote against Speaker Pelosi, and I want to make sure you were quoted accurately, and if not, um, you can correct me. And it took me about four months to get the five-inch heel out of my, uh, I'll just say for FCC benefit, uh, uh, rear end. Yeah, yeah. Correct? I, yes, that's what I said. And yes, that's, that's true. That's, that's some really strong investigative reporting, Major. <laughs> Great job. Uh, 20, so how, how would you describe you how Almost would you describe your current relationship we're, with we're, the speaker? We're, and we're pulling quotes. Look, the, the speaker has no problem with me. I have no problem with the speaker. I, I certainly respect her years and years of service. Um, and people should know. Yeah, yeah. You you mess with her, there, there could be consequences. She, she can she can be a badass if she wants. I got no problem with that quote. I think she loves that quote as well. Um, because it but, tells people that uh, she remembers of course of course that's important that's important but i stand by my vote um would you make it again well yes that that the the point here is that and we you know i had told my constituents for close to two years 
that that's the way that I was going to vote. And there's a whole culture in this town. I was dumbfounded when people were asking me, well, Max, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, it's clear what I said I was going to do. Um, and there's unfortunately a culture in this town of thinking that an election is different than, um, than governing. That you can say one thing when you're knocking doors. You can say, I believe in tax fairness when you're knocking on someone's door and then prop up the carried interest loophole. That you can say, I want to lower health care costs when knocking on someone's door and then prop up the pharmaceutical companies that are jacking up the price of insulin and EpiPens year in and year out. And I certainly took the word that I had given my supporters at that point um, very seriously and followed up on it just like I'm following up on the other promises that I made. Mm -hmm. So back to impeachment. Um it's a well, shocker. Okay. Yes. When Republicans say, not only as they have, and you've answered this question, no crime, no victim, therefore no impeachment. Is that their latest quote? Well, that's, that's, one, of their, that's, that's right. one of their... Right. That's They're one making t-shirts. Uh, okay. Over the weekend, uh, that began to uh, appear. Good. From your perspective, have you, made up a, have, you, if, have you made up your mind yet as to whether or not articles of impeachment should be drafted? And if so, how you would vote? No, on uh, and that's a problem. If you, 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 one should not be making up their mind yet because, as I said, as I said, this is a trust-building exercise, okay. not just a fact-finding effort. So we are getting to the bottom of very serious questions, principally among them. How did this president, did this president, utilize the apparatus of the state to potentially try to advance his own self-interest? And in that regard, Major, this is the last thing I'll say about this, in that regard— how did he become just like those corporate PACs and lobbyists and special interests in this town who have put their own self-interest ahead of the interests of the American people? We do quid pro quos all the time in the United States, but we do them to advance the interests of the American people, not the interests of any individual, especially those who hold elected office. So when the speaker says, as she did last week, this is bribery, is she ahead of the facts? No, no, no. Look, what she, what, what the way that I would phrase this in terms of my, and I'm not going to speak for the speaker here, this is potentially bribery. We are trying to get to the bottom of whether this is bribery or not. But yes, bribery is the correct word here to look at. This notion of is somebody trying to advance their own self-interest using public dollars in the process? It is no more complicated than that. But I have been impressed with the truly respectable public servants that have come forward at tremendous career risk to themselves to make sure that the facts are heard and that their thoughts are heard and that their recollections are heard. We hear so many assaults on these folks. I talked about the soldiers I served mm -hmm. with, but we also need to be start talking about our diplomats and other types of public servants, people who are, you know, career public officials. They are have put the country first their entire career and they continue to do so now in front of millions of people. That's the voice of Max Rose, our special guest. I'm Major Garrett back for segment four of the takeout in just a moment. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. 
Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. On a very, very early Tuesday morning here at the Dubliner, Colleen is here dropping breakfast, which is great. Max Rose is... uh, Twice as alive as he was just a moment ago because breakfast is now here. A huge country breakfast. You'll see that on CBSN. I've got French toast, bacon. It's all good. We're getting fortified and we're learning as we go. So, Max, when Republicans say also, look, Trump's different and you people who don't like it need to get over it. He's transactional. He's sort of uh, nakedly transactional, but always in uh, pursuit of uh, U.S. interests. And America first is how he defines it, not how you define it. And if State Department people don't like it, they need to get over it. And, oh, they might will, will be never Trumpers, so you shouldn't believe them in the first place. That's just sort of a serialization of some of the things that they've said publicly. Yeah, and I want um, to give you a chance to respond. But they, st- but they do defend Saudi-funded super PACs, which is interesting, an interesting distinction to me. So when someone is operating in their own self-interest, they don't care um, about the source of the money or uh, necessarily where the, whether they're operating in the interests of the United States of America, but let's talk about Hunter Biden, which is at the, the, the root of all this, because if you whittle that down, what they are saying is the son that of Vice President yes, Joe Biden. What they're saying then is that the president's efforts to get to the bottom of Hunter Biden's participation in the Burisma board. An energy was, company in Ukraine Burisma. was part and parcel of getting of defending America's self-interest of, of America's national security. Well, Hunter Biden should have never been on that board. I'll say that it was, but it was not illegal that he was on that board. It was immoral. It was immoral. What was the act of immorality? Well, the act of immorality was, is that it was clear that Hunter Biden, who's not the sharpest tool in the shed would not have been on that board. Had his father not been the vice president, But if we are going to discuss Hunter Biden, then I would certainly also like to discuss Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka, Jared, and what's the what's the name of the other brother? Um, The one who's less impressive, Eric, Eric. Eric, I'm not saying he's less impressive. Uh, I'm just saying his name uh, is Eric. You you did. You did. He said that, not me. Um, Each and every one of them right now are actively profiting off of their father being the president of the United States. Let me stop you there, because they would say if they were sitting here, yeah, but we had a business before this. Everyone in America knew that he was a businessman, that we were a family business, Mm -hmm. and had an expectation we would continue that, that we would not cashier everything in our private business life if he became president. So the country had at least an opportunity to digest that. I'm just saying that's what they say. It is my belief, and we will be rolling out legislation to make this law, that any direct family member of a member of the executive should be disclosing where they are getting their money from. What Hunter Biden did at the very least should have been disclosed on an annual basis in the same manner, in the same manner that the income that I get is disclosed on an annual basis. And furthermore, anyone who directly works 
for the executive, whether they are paid or not, should not be getting foreign money of any type. So what do you conclude about Joe Biden's sense of ethics that he allowed his son to do this and said nothing about it? Oh, look, I, I said, I don't think I could say this more clearly. You said about that, Hunter. I didn't know no, if you were I, I, applying it to Joe Biden as well. Well, I, I can't comment. It's difficult to comment on the ethics of a father as it pertains to what their son does, their grown son. Okay, But on the same hand, what I am telling you is I believe that what Hunter Biden did was immoral. But if you are going to comment on Hunter Biden, it is hypocritical to at the same time defend Donald Trump Jr. and Eric and Ivanka and Jared. It is absolutely hypocritical in the most blatant, clearest sense of the word. But even when we state that it is immoral, it still does not make sense that when you have the opportunity to look at any issue related to Ukraine, any issue in the world, diplomacy, economic development, military affairs, why Hunter Biden? Why this one loser? Why just him? And the only justification that one can imagine is seeking political gain in your next election. I can't think of another. But nonetheless, we have got to get to the bottom of this and see if they have another justification for that. What do you think of the squad? The, the group of four? Yes. Um, look, they're elected officials. Their district selected them. I respect the fact that they are elected officials. Um, and there are moments where we have significant differences. Um, and I have no problem talking about those differences. Uh, but nonetheless, I do respect the office that they hold, and I respect their positions. And in that Super PAC ad we played, one of the voices of the squad, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, sure. was used as sort of a hammer against you. Right, right. Um, fair politics? I mean, separate from the super PAC origins You want me itself. to separate the fact that this is a Saudi-funded super PAC. <laughs> Third time well, you get talk, to mention talk, that. Talk okay. about the – so look at that double standard, man. No, no, it's not you, a double standard. You, I'm just asking no, but you, you in you, that sense, you've they spent about that as a much, weakness for you. No, but you've spent about as much time on me saying Nancy Pelosi stuck a four-inch heel up my ass as you have on the fact that Hello, this FCC. is a Saudi-funded super PAC. Mm -hmm. You spent about as much time, which, you know, I, I hope in the future you do look – you do get to the bottom of this – but with that being said, though, it's no surprise that what they are doing is trying to bring up people that and align myself with them to scare people or make them trust me less. Look, I have had zero issues separating myself from the far left of the Democratic Party, calling the Green New Deal a socialist lie. Um, being the first one in the country of any elected official to criticize Elon Omar when she made uh, what I believe to be uh, anti-Semitic comments. Um, I have zero issues with being front and center in, certain, in terms of criticizing that. I'm a strong opponent of Medicare for all. I do not believe it is the correct pathway for us to achieve universal health care in this country in a cost-effective manner. Um, and so this is I, – I look forward to them continuing to roll out this crap because it's eminently predictable and it will not work, but they will take any effort in the world to distract the American people from what this country looks like when they have the keys to the castle. Think about it. This was not too long ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago. They had the ability to do anything they wanted. They had the House. They had the Senate. They had the White House. What is the only thing they got done? They got done the Muslim ban. They got done 
a massive tax scam where they gave away billions upon billions of dollars to the wealthiest amongst us, the largest corporations, all while increasing taxes on New Yorkers. They will never talk about their own accomplishments because they have none. Who do you like in the Democratic primary field? Man, I'm on strike, Major. I'm not talking about the, pri- the primary field until 2020. You'll have to bring me back for a second, a second interview. But here's what I will say about presidential politics. Mm-hmm. No, no. They, Has anyone impressed you just initially? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think anyone who runs for president no, but know, I mean, is, like drop a, a name. is like a mildly impressive Mayor guy. Mayor Pete. Hey, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete has definitely been um, impressive. Um, many of them have. Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden has had an impressive track record of service, but I think many of them are missing the point here of where the American people are. We are in a deeply populist moment in this country, and we have been for more than a decade that we should not be ignoring, and our politics should center center around the question of whose side are you on? Are you on the side of lobbyists, special interests, the largest corporations, the wealthiest amongst us? Are you on the side of hardworking people who have been ripped off, who have been kicked over and over and over again by a system that is not aligned with them? We should be deeply populist with our rhetoric and our policies. That does not mean that we are socialist, but it does mean that we need to do everything possible to put this system back on people. That's, on the side of the working class and the middle class. That's the voice of Max Rose, Congressman, 11th District of New York, our special guest. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Stay tuned for the Takeout Outtake Especial. Folks, we'll see you next week. For more from this week's conversation, download the Takeout Outtake Especial Tuesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. The Takeout is produced by Arden Farid, Katiana Krachenko, Jamie Benson, and Sarah Cook. CBSN production by Alex Zuckerman, Eric Susanen, and Grace Seegers. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, visit TakeoutPodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.